Welcome to the 36th episode of the Pro Wrestling Zone. I am Tiger Height. And I'm Peanut Gallery. And we have some news to cover here really quick before we get into Rebellion. Yes, and, and then we are also doing the uh, show on David Schultz for Dark Side of the Ring. So we have a jam-packed episode here today. Um, and uh, let's just get right on Let's just get right into the news. What kinds of news-worthy things happened this week? So there were really only three and then a rumor, like right. a speculation, and we're going to preface that as that it is a gigantic rumor. It is a gigantic rumor. <laughs> yes. So um, more releases have been announced because they released like 40% of their overall headcount, which is an insane yes. amount of people. And apparently this week also, uh, Vince said that anyone who requests their release is going to get their release yep. um, just because they're still trying to cut costs. Yes. So uh, Gerald Briscoe, who mm -hmm. has been with the company since 1984. Yeah, 35 years. Was released. Mm -hmm. I'm going to assume that it was probably a retirement. He probably saw the opportunity to kind of wind down and say, right. I'm done. Because he's, what, 84 now? Yeah, he's insanely old. And then Cain Velasquez has been released yes. from the WWE. Um, this was a part of um, Black Wednesday's yes. releases. Curtis Axel was released. I think Curtis Axel requested his release. Yes. So he wasn't a part of the initial no. Black Wednesday. No, he was not. But he he was um, he was released. So we'll That's, see kind of where he ends up. I would be surprised if he didn't sign with AEW. Yeah. Kane Velasquez, he's dealing with a leg surgery. Thing. Rehabilitation. So, and I think he's been wrestling in Mexico too. So I'm willing to bet that that's where he's going to go. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's like a certain style down right. there that it's hard to translate it to here. Right. And he did really well in his like pro wrestling debut. We watched it at Triple Mania. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's that. Right. And uh, you know, it was just they just signed him when he was about to get like ACL surgery. Right. And that takes a while for that to fully recover. It's like six to nine months is right. when that thing generally goes. Right. So they kind of dropped the ball signing him so early, but I do know that he was in talks with signing with AEW right. at the time. So, so that's a possibility for him as well. Right. Obviously, he had the tag team match with Cody and Psycho Clown, so right. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a working relationship there. Right. Um, also, I think Florida is starting to allow fans to come into their yes. arenas, so there is a possibility that we will start to see fans mm -hmm. in the arenas yep. where they're filming. Uh, UFC uh, 249 is going to be in Florida. Okay. AEW is going to be doing shows in Florida. Right. And WWE is going to continue to do shows in, in Florida. Florida. Now, Florida, people are like, wow, that's a lot of things in Florida. Do they have the room for it? Yes. I think it's like the convention capital of the world is Orlando. Yeah. So they have the room. Yeah. Trust me, they're going to be fine. Right. Um, so we're seeing restrictions releasing. Uh, there are talks, just for, like, the Vegas peeps, there are talks that the NBA and NFL shit, or at least the NBA, I know, yeah. is in serious talks, of them coming here right. to Las Vegas right. to perform the finals here for right. the last season, which would be fine. 
But, you know, that's just rumor. Yeah, and we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. Um, the other thing, too, is that Kevin... So this, is this I guess, goes... This, this, I guess, is a good segue. Let's talk, Ryan. This is a good segue into the next part of the news. So Kevin Dunn, another executive, essentially sold all of their stock in the last week. Kevin Kevin Dunn sold about $1.5 million in of stock. his stock. And the executive, I think, sold it for like 700000 They did not right. release the name. They did not, no. But this kind of leads credence to a very interesting rumor that's been going through the mills. Yes. Um, that started with um, Zeb Coulter. Right. Who worked very closely, and he said that there have been talks, talks in Stanford about selling the WWE. Now, again, this is just a rumor. It's not been confirmed, but, of course, he has a lot of people on the inside that he knows. So he's getting his from from um, from Stanford. Yep. And there's a lot of evidence to support an idea like that just because, if you don't know, the WWE is going to through two class action lawsuits right now. Yep. Relating against, against this is against Vince McMahon and the board of directors. Right. They, it's the, not. It's, it's not against WWE as the entity. But it is against the board of directors. Yes, but they're they're not WWE the entity. It's right. Not like so, it's not like a wrestler suing the WWE. It's right. The board of it's uh, shareholders filing a class action against the uh, board. For basically misrepresenting what they were earning. Right, they're rep misrepresenting their earnings and yep. their stock price. And they're not happy. No. They're, they're, they are very, very not happy about it. And we knew about this since right. the you know, conference call. Right, right. Kind, even, of, kind we, of. We actually even predicted it. We even right. said we're like on our last episode when the conference call happened. I'm like, something's weird about this. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if there are some people that are actually going to look at litigation. We literally said that. So Right. I'm not gonna call myself. I'm not gonna call myself Tiger Adonis here, but I'm going to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the big. That's I think the biggest rumor coming out is that the WWE is in talks with Disney and with um, Fox to buy WWE's assets. Right. We can predict as to kind of what would happen because there's so many ad. There's so many facets to the WWE, but I think what Vince is trying to do is he's trying to get himself out of this litigation. Yeah, um, you, also, you can tell also he's just in the, done in the, with in, it. In the back, and this has been confirmed, that Mr. McMahon is basically on autopilot right. as a part of um, what is con uh, as part of everything that's happened. He lost the XFL again. Right. Um, where it was looking promising, but due to circumstances beyond his control, it was, be it was totally beyond his control. Um, the fact that they lied that the WWE would not have a vested interest in the XFL, and when they filed for bankruptcy, that had to be released. The right. shareholders, because it wasn't publicly traded, had to be released. And the WWE, it turns out, owned uh, 25.9 or something percent it, they, of Class now, B stocks. It's it's a Class B, so it's so it's it's different. But but. 
the problem is is that the WWE lost a couple billion dollars mm-hmm. just because of the XFL going yeah, bankrupt. It, it was not a good situation. No. And the fact that that was released, and there are a lot of shareholders that were really pissed off. Right, because the shareholders were not anticipating that uh, the XFL would have anything to do with the WWE. And vice versa. Right. They, were, it, they were promised that these two would be separate entities. One would not own the other. One will not involve the others anything. They're two separate companies. Right. But then when they had to file for bankruptcy, honestly, I don't think they had to file for bankruptcy. I think that's bullshit. Right. The fact that WWE was registered as a investor in this project was really sketchy. And Mr. McMahon sold off $100 million of his stock right. to fund this. So we, we're sitting here saying... He did that. This is from his own personal money. Right. And he did not sell off WWE stock to go directly to XFL. He sold it to other people, and then he took that money and pushed it to this project. Right. Um, The other thing, too, is that this is also the same week that the WWE lost all that money from uh, because WrestleMania WrestleMania was canceled in, in Tampa. Now, the other thing, too, is that... You know, when when we talked about it last week, we reported their earnings as being some of the highest revenue-wise. Yes. But you have to wonder where that came from. And I think that Vince artificially inflated the price. Yep. Of, and, and see, this is where people got mad, too, was that these executives were selling off the stock, and then other other shareholders were buying up the stock at artificially inflated prices. Then the price tanked again, and that is why they are suing the WWE. And with the bankruptcy as well, these investors had to be paid out. Right. And since WWE as an entity was registered as an investor, they had to pay out. So basically Vince McMahon paid the WWE for right. investing in a project that they weren't supposed to be a part of. So right. with that retrospect, they got money that way. Right. So and and yeah, and the other thing too is this is man, this is a yeah. so goddamn fishy. Yeah, and and the other thing too is that then they they have these releases. They released, you know. All these superstars, stars, and they're saying anybody and, who and asks for it will their, eventually. Their get. share price went up, yep. which the WWE said, "Look at this, we have the high, we have high share price now." It was artificially inflated. Yes, because they are not yep. reporting their earnings very well. So we'll see kind of where that story goes. The rumor is that they are trying to sell it by mid-May. Yes. So. This might be a very interesting and then, and then couple also, of weeks. Also, with Kevin Dunn and this executive selling the majority of their shares, I know Kevin Dunn. I think still has like eight or nine thousand shares. Right. Um, the other guy it, has like seventy-five or something. Yeah, it's yeah, something yeah, really yeah, it's really low. But these two doing this at almost like two days difference from these rumor mills coming out and how much right. they sold. This is weird. Mm-hmm. Like, that is really sketch. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Dunn is works very close with McMahon. Right. Very close. And he's worked with him for years. Right. So, of anybody who would know about this buyout, it would be Kevin Dunn. Right. And you can't hide this. Right. When you go on the stock market, you have to be 100% transparent with right. 
who you are and what you're selling. And this was reported. This right. happened. And right. we can show you the records. Right. But unfortunately, we're not, we are not a stocks and bonds podcast, but this is holding a lot of credence to this rumor. Right. So we just don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, we'll keep you guys in the loop if we hear anything different. If WWE sells, we might do a special show. Oh, my God, yes. Like that day. Like literally that day. We'll keep our thumb on that fucking trigger. Right. But, you know, we'll we'll kind of keep in loops. We basically check it every day. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that's good for news. Did you want to go into part two for Rebellion, or do you just want to do in one fell swoop? Uh, we'll just go into part two. So when okay. we come back, we will do both nights of Rebellion. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, we'll see you on the other side of the break. Yeah. And we are back, and let's talk about Impact Wrestling Rebellion, probably one of these most bizarre events yeah. I've ever seen. Um, so, as you know, Impact Rebellion took place on two different nights, um, and they were two week, They were a week apart. So, you know, it seems like it seems like it happened so long ago, but actually just occurred like over the past two weeks. Yep. So, um, it was a very bizarre pay per view. Um, I, I, I honestly, I honestly think if they they could have waited another week. And could have gone to Florida and had some people. Yeah. And they could have done every match essentially fine. Right. But they didn't. Right. Which is, well, except for the main event, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about night number one. It was a six-man tag. It was OVE versus Rhino, Tommy Dreamer, and a mystery partner, which turned out to be Crazy Steve out of nowhere. Just, hi, I'm back, kind of thing. Right. Oh, oh, the uh, the best part for me was the commentary. Oh, I, so, oh, yes, uh, let's talk about the commentary. The commentary team was Josh Matthews and Madison Rain, who actually have really good chemistry together. Obviously. It's almost like they live together. Oh, my God. Now, um, we were tweeting, and we even gave a lot of compliments to the commentary. We're like, wow, this commentary is I mean, really good. I mean, I even, I even tweeted Scott Demore, and he's like... And I'm like, this is actually a really good commentary team. Oh, and he was like 100% there. And I even said, if you follow us on Twitter, anyway, go follow us on Twitter, um, that the fact that they did not do that, like, as they were laying in bed together was a wasted opportunity. And right, with some, so with some rosé and right? chocolate. And they, like, they, like, like, between he's inside of her and we watch it, that's fine. <laughs> Twitch wouldn't ban them at all. Oh, also, this was on Twitch. We watched this on Twitch. Yeah, so during the commercials, instead of actually seeing commercials, it was just uh, Melissa Anyway, no, they, they, they had a great back and forth. It was really good chemistry. It was. Anyway, um, from that digression, uh, it so, was a – this match was terrible. It was absolutely awful. It was just – Terrible and people are like wow, OVE are really bad wrestlers. Honestly, they kind of are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> um, there was no chemistry whatsoever. Nope. Tommy Dreamer and Rhino are old, and Crazy Steve. I like Crazy Steve as a wrestler. I like right. the gimmick, and it's fine, and he's a decent competitor. But this man, this was useless. Why? Why did this match happen? Right. Um, gore for Rhino, Tommy Dreamer, Crazy Steve to win. Blah blah blah. Moving on to a much better match. I actually really like this match. It was versus Triple XL versus followed by TJP. This match, I, I mean, I liked it. It was alright. I mean, I thought that I think the tag division in Impact is strong. I really enjoy it. It's not as strong as AEW. No. Okay, you're comparing you're comparing a, a like a thing that has 
that they've really focused on, laser focus, which right. is AEW, where this, like, the tag team division has gone up and down, up and down, up and down. Right. And this one is kind of, like, in the middle going yeah. up. I'm really enjoying what they're doing. Uh, the There was, like, a tandem thing on Larry G for the Rascals to win. It wasn't yeah. a terrible match. I was more yeah. tweeting and blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah. there was no reason for it. I kind of wish it was, like, a number one contenders match or something. So, at right. least there was a reason. Right. Uh, but the Rascals won. They're probably next in line to take on the North, who are a great right. tag team. All right, next match is Willie Mack and Ace Austin for the Exhibition Champion. This was actually the best match of the night. Easily the best match of the yeah. night. Um, it was – there was a story with it. Yeah, it was, was a good story. And they have too. really good chemistry. They have very good chemistry. See, that's my other problem going into this too is that there weren't very many good stories. Right. Well, it. given the circumstances, they kind of had to make some adjustments, and they could have done something. Right. And I think they kind of did with some matches, but anyway, I mean, I'm not gonna hold that to them because well, obviously. Mac, Ace Austin, good rivalry going into it. I, mm -hmm. I have a lot of vested interest in it. Right, we watched. They had a tag team match in Vegas. We were there. It was really cool. Yep. Ace Austin wrestled like every night, multiple times. It was really impressive. Like that guy can go. Mm -hmm. um, it was a six star frog splash by Willie Mac to become the new X Division champion, which I think was the right move. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I really, I this was my easily the match of the night. Yeah. Uh, Kylie Ray and Kira Hogan. I hated the rivalry going into this. I did not like the rivalry, but the match itself was good. Yeah, was I good really match. enjoyed this match, where um, Kylie Ray won with the STF, which is something that she's been doing. Honestly, I think it's weird that she asked her for her release in AEW, but I, you know, yeah, obviously it, it was a personal decision. I think she left because of um, outside circumstances. Right. Where she had to take care of it, which is fine. You know what? Right. And AEW said, we understand. Uh, if she want, ever wants to come back, she's more than welcome to. Right. And I just don't – I think it was more about time. Right. I think it's like I can kind of make my own schedule here, right. so I'll kind of do it that way. Anyway, um, you know, good match. I really enjoyed right, it. Yeah. Kira Hogan's getting a lot better in the ring. Yeah, she is. I really enjoy her as a heel. Anyway, uh, Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock. This was a unsanctioned match, correct? Yeah, so the beginning sucked. Yes. Uh, the ending Ken, sucked. Ken Shamrock. The middle was good. Yes. Uh, Ken Shamrock is terrible. He is a very awful wrestler. And I cannot believe I said that because he was actually a good wrestler back in the day. But, man, he is, he is like, stiff. He's god-awful. He's stiff. He yeah. looks terribly old. Right. And it's like, dude, you can't do this like this. So what do they do with it? They do a cinematic thing. Yes, so and they... I love, I love Sammy Callahan's evolution. Mm-hmm. He's like, he, he went against his own partner. Oh, yeah, so OVE OV got involved. Sammy Callahan was going to hit Ken Shamrock and said he hit... Uh, Madman Fulton and the rest of OVE, and then he's like, "No, I'm gonna fight yeah, Ken Shamrock." Literally, literally, his new gimmick is, "I've seen everything." And you know, he's like the hacker gimmick, which right. is really cool. He, he was, I think, he was a hacker gimmick back in uh, WWE. Yeah. Yep, when he was Solomon Crow. And except, except now he's a little more grungy, which I really like. He's he's supposed to be grunge. Like yeah. uh, he has that look. And honestly, the story going into this was fine. I really actually I actually like the it story. Was a good story going into it, absolutely. And uh, Ken Shamrock, he put on probably the worst um, ankle lock I've ever seen because he's like, he, it's like he shit his pants. Right. And he's trying to not have it run down his leg. Right. 
And it's kind of weird how they had it end on an ankle lock. Yeah, and he, like, passed out. Yeah. He passed out with an ankle lock. It's like, the, he did not... What? He did not work on the leg. There were no moves right. going to the leg that led up to that point right. either. That was a problem. If it was like, oh... You know, obviously, I slammed, like, a car door on the ankle, right. and Sammy Callahan's obviously, like, screaming in pain. It's like, okay, that ankle is broken, yeah. and your body is going through so much pain that you pass out. Fine. Fine. Okay, you know, they did that with um, Bret Hart and Stone right. Cold. It was. Where Bret Hart attacked the legs in the back of Steve Austin, and Steve Austin passed out with the sh in the sharpshooter. Right. That was good storytelling in the match. Right. This had none of it. <laughs> yeah, this, this was the opposite of good storytelling. Well, Sammy Callahan's character evolved a little bit as a result of the mm -hmm. story, but Ken Shamrock just sucks. Yeah, no, never do this again. This was the ending of night one. Obviously, the Willie Mac Ace Austin match on story build and the match itself was, was easily the match of the night. Yeah. And what star rating do you give night one? I'm d based out of. Five or ten. Based out of five. I'm going to give it a one. And the only one thing that I'm actually going to do it with, Kylie Ray and Kira Hogan was a nice little palate cleanser. Right. But and obviously, Exhibition title match ran with it. Anyway, every other match was, like, right off terrible. Right. Yeah, I'm going to give it a one as well for this. And I'm going to agree with you on the on the match of the night, Willie Mack and Ace Austin. Yep. Number two, Kylie Ray and Kira Hogan. Yep. It wasn't a close second, but it was definitely a second. Uh, anyway, let's go to the night two. Usually we do a break, but obviously um, we'll have four parts, and we ain't doing that shit right. to you. I don't want two parts. I don't want four parts. This, yeah. is, this is obviously our longest part right here, right. but that's all right. Uh, night two. Uh, I will at least say before we even get started, it was a substantially better it night. Was. 100%. Anyway, Suicide Trey, Rohit Raju, and Chris Bay. It was it was an okay match. It wasn't. Yeah, it was an, it was a good match, but what was the purpose of right, it? What was um, the point of it? Uh, have the have the number one contender for the X Division champion right. or whoever wins goes there's, into a big. There's, pro there's no rivalry with this. Right, and it's, it's like. Just there. But the match was. But the match itself was fine. Right. They had some fun little things in yeah. there that kind of popped me. I enjoyed it. Right. Um, but Chris Bay won. They're really pushing Chris Bay. Yep. Uh, he keeps winning, which I'm fine with. He's actually a good wrestler. Right. He's our age. It makes me feel bad about my life. <laughs> you could have said something. No. <laughs> you just wanted me to take the drink. Yeah, I was going to have you. I was just going to have so, you take a drink. All right, guess what? We're going to start a new podcast. We're going to get really shitty mics, and we're going to say nothing, except we're just going to drink, and they're going to listen from the, the drink going into, into our mouths. mouths into, into our, our body, body and splashing into, into our stomachs, stomachs and we go, go ah. and that's <laughs> just gonna be it for an hour okay <laughs> oh man so anyways yes Chris Bay won yes, it was Chris, okay Chris, Chris Bay won, won like, like the match, match. No, no reason for it, it. alright Cousin Jake versus Joseph P. P. Ryan. P. Ryan they at least had a decent little rivalry they going a, into they have a rivalry going into it which is okay um, the match itself was kind of weird it was. I, didn't, I didn't really enjoy it like there, there was a, there, there was, was a weird structure to it which I did not enjoy. It's like you have this decent build up to the match, right? And given it felt long, yeah, where there were a lot of spots that did not have to be necessary. In there, right? Uh, Joseph P. Ryan won with a roll up, and what have been a great way to do this is cousin Jake builds up that he's going to do something that goes against Joseph P. Ryan's gimmick, which is the cancel culture, right? Like. 
He takes this wig of beer. He does something that could lead to something very um, provocateur. Right. And Joseph P. Ryan rolls him up and wins. And I'd be like, okay, I enjoyed it because it led to something. Right. But this led to nothing. There was nothing here that led to anything. Right. So. Absolutely. But it was it was meh. You know, it was just there. High match. Right. Um. Jessica Havoc and Rosemary in Full Metal Mayhem. The original match was the Knockouts Championship match. Now, the reason for it is because... The reason for it is because um, I think Taya Valkyrie couldn't make it. Yes, Taya Valkyrie could not make it. I think she's still technically working under a work visa. Oh, because she's from Canada, right? Yes, she's from Canada. She's married to John Hennigan, but even if she's married to an American and lives here... She's still under... There's still a process. Yeah. So I think she just got stuck in Canada at the time. Um, That or Jordan Grace. I I can't remember what happened. But anyway... um, this match was weird. It was. It meant nothing to me. There was a random bitch who just showed up and... Oh, yes. This is the one where Nevaeh shows up just randomly. Has no involvement in the match. She did and, not do a thing. And, and here's, here's, here's the thing about Impact Wrestling and, and debuts. They suck at it. They they are just terrible at it. Here's, here's, and, and, and here's the thing, too. What I found interesting is that... Is that you know? Uh, obviously, Madison Rain knows who this person is, but Madison Rain gives us the fans no explanation. We we figured no we've, idea. Right. We had to figure it out on our own. It's like this is not how you introduce someone if, to a if promotion. You're, if you're going to do something like this, I'm not. I know who this person is, but it's not important for you, you to know. It absolutely is right, fucking get, important. So, what the relationship was? The reason she was out here because she worked. As a tag team, I think in Shimmer or Shine, one of those two, with Havoc. So that is the – also, she is married to, I believe, Jake Christ. Uh, same bitch. Now, it's fine. Yeah. And if they explain that to the casual audience, unless it's somebody that they can instantly recognize. Right, easily identify. Like, oh, my God, here's Mickey James or whatever. Right. That's a much different story. But this or is – it was like Sarah Logan. Right. And it's like, okay – Definitely Sarah Logan. Don't have to explain it. Boom. Right. We all know who this person we're, is. We're off to the races. Right. But the fact that they did not mention it. Right. She did not get involved in the match. She did not interact with anybody. And right. nobody told us who this person was. And then she just disappeared. It meant nothing. Right. It's like, oh, this random person shows up. Okay. What's the relationship? Right. What? Like, have her attack somebody. Have, you know... Have her screw the person just by right. standing there. They didn't even notice this person. Right. It made no sense. It didn't. And and like I said, the commentary team had they they didn't they didn't spend any time explaining who this person was, where they came from, why it's significant. That's your guys' job is to explain this crap. You don't have to call the match. When something interesting is happening, you let us know who this person is. Right. Um, Madison anyway, Rain. Right. Um, it was a random pipe shot by Rosemary yep. in the face of Havoc for the win. It was a weird match. It, it meant was. nothing yep. once again, and I did not care for it. It was probably the worst full metal mayhem match I've ever oh, seen. Oh, 100%. Absolutely it was. There was no – there There was nothing there. It was just people just hitting each other over the head. It's like, okay, whatever. Right. I mean, they, they could have done something cool if they made it a – if they made this one a production. 
Right. right, like, like, like they, this, like, this, this was the, this, this was is the match that you wanted to make a production match or a cinematic, or, or a cinematic for a night two. Right. right, this is the one you wanted to have, but no, just and, in and, the match. And then at that point, have the introduce, have her and Jessica Havoc like locked eyes, where she's like, "Why are you here?" Then you don't have to do explanation because obviously she's interacting with right them. but they just they this was the most flubbed match of both nights yeah i'm saying that this match was the biggest fuck up they could have done so much better with it but they didn't right you have the creative freedom they didn't do it they were very lazy about it anyway um basically the story that they were telling is that eddie edwards voluntarily did not show up to rebellion for the safety of his family which is fine also He's, He's in Boston, Boston which, which is, is a generally higher-risked area for COVID because, because it's the relative to New York. Right. Um, Tessa Blanchard got stuck in Mexico. Right. Because obviously she's married to Daga. Right. And I think they got married like right before they got locked down too. So obviously they were being together. Whatever. Um, but she is a citizen of the United States. So she could have made it if she was in the United States at the time. Uh, Michael Elgin shows up. He basically wants the announcer to call the forfeit right. and make him the champion. Right. Because he showed up. Moose comes out with the, not the original TNA World Heavyweight Champion, but like the last iteration when it was called TNA. Yeah. The most recognizable TNA World Champion around his waist. He comes out. They're going to fight. Great. Okay. This is a solid save. Then Hernandez comes out and says, let's make it a triple threat match. So. This, this, I'm going to at least say now, is this is going to be their interim world heavyweight champion. Is that confirmed? No. Okay. But I'm going. I'm, what I'm th what I'm thinking in my mind is that at least they have a main heavyweight champion that they can work with for the time being. For the time being. Okay. Because we they don't they probably don't know how long Tessa Blanchard is going to be next from coming back into the country. Right. So, at least they have something. Right, okay. Michael Elgin, Moose Hernandez, to determine the first, at least to my knowledge and what I would do, interim TNA World Heavyweight Champion. This match was awesome. It was. It was a, it was a good match. This was easily the best match of Rebellion. Yeah. Easily. 100% slam dunk. They told a quick Easy to, uh, easy to digest story, yep. and the match told that story right. nicely. Right, and it then was, that was it. And yep. then now Moose is on top. Right, Moose hit the no jackhammer needed spear on Hernandez for the win. So Elgin was not pinned. Hernandez is not there full time, so you know him eating the pin is fine. And now there's an established interim heavyweight champion. And now there's also a good rivalry with Michael Elgin and Moose. Right, and then... Elgin can win the championship right. when Tessa can come back. Yep. And then they can have their triple threat with Eddie Edwards, because I still think he deserves it. Uh-huh. Triple threat for both belts. Right. Boom. Easy written shit. But Moose won. He's the champion right now. And I don't know what they're going to do. They might do more tapings um during right. the transition so at least there's something right and that was rebellion yeah um so match of the night for night two and star triple, rating triple I'm, I'm going to do a two out of five okay for this one specifically i liked the fatal four-way okay i loved the heavyweight title match mm -hmm. and these two did not like personally offend me like night one right 
So, obviously, the match of the night and the match of Rebellion as a collective is the main event. Okay. Heavyweight title match, easy story, right. very good match, mm-hmm. and at least they had saved something. Right. Go. I'm going to agree with you on all of it. Two stars, best match of the night, triple threat, best match of the show, triple threat, and then for the entire show to give it. Uh, star and a half. Okay. Just even it out. All right. Awesome. Easy. All right. Well, that is Rebellion. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Dark Side of the Ring episode on David Schultz and the slap heard around the world.
and we are back with the Dark Side of the Woo-hoo. Ring review for David Schultz and the slap heard around the world. Pina Gallery, did you know about this slap coming into this episode? Nope. Okay. Um, I loved this episode. It was a good. It was a good episode. It they, absolutely was. So if uh, let's do at least a brief summarization of what this incident is and why it was so significant. So what happened is a wrestler, he slapped a reporter who is John John Stossel. Right. This is, this is who, not this is not just a regular reporter. This is at the time, which was the eighties, like the reporter. Like like it would be like it would be like someone slapping Anderson know. Cooper. Right. Or um, slapping uh, Alex Jones or something like that. Right. Um, And what he was doing at the time was he was working on a project where he was kind of exposing wrestling as a simulated sport. And this was in 1984, so kayfabe was still very much alive, and... Um, David there Schultz. Was, there was no way to get information saying right. otherwise. So many people still thought that wrestling was an actual sport. Right. I think it was like sixty percent of people still thought that it was an actual sport. Right. Um, and also, uh, David Schultz was trained by a individual who was trained by an original carny wrestler. Right. So he is very old school, mm-hmm. and so his his slap was in defense of the boys right. more or less. Right. It was it was in the slap of the line of questioning that um, right. John Stossel was giving. Right. He did a report with I can't remember the guy's name. It was like uh, Mikey something field. Right. Um he did a thing where he showed a couple of moves right. on how it was done. It was like the first big mm-hmm. exposure of professional wrestling. As a kayfabe sport. Right. And huge. I mean, back in this time, kayfabe is still like, boom. Right. McMahon, Vince McMahon, because this was still WWF. Right. He informs, he wants um, David Schultz, who, right. you know, very traditional guy, to talk to the reporter, knowing what Dave Schultz's reputation was that Vince McMahon knew, but John right. Stossel did not. Right. Because um, David Schultz was, he was, and still is a very old school guy. Yeah. And at the time, he was, he was trying to, he, he was representing the, the boys, right. the culture of professional wrestling. Right. And, and John Stossel was trying to expose it for what it really was. So he's saying, is wrestling fake? And he gets two slaps. Boom, and then boom, where he was knocked down. I think he was, like, severely hurt as yeah. well. I think it blew out his eardrums. Right. Like, these were not fun little tickles. These were, no. like, man slaps right to the ear. And and so John Stossel then sued the WWF. Yep. And the WW, I don't, I don't know what the result of it was, but eventually, like... I think they settled out of court. Yeah, I think they did. But, um... Yeah, and and uh, what happened with uh, with him was not John Stossel, the other guy, uh, David Schultz, was then he kind of got blacklisted almost. Right, because it, like I said, this was not just any reporter; this was the reporter. Right. So it was a huge thing, and um, before we even continue, we are going to be doing a pro wrestling zone covering other instances of reporters 
versus wrestlers. Right. But, of course, you know, with, with the time constraints we're under and, and all the stuff that's been happening over the past few weeks, we just didn't have time to do that. Right. We'll do that. We'll do that in a different right. episode. But, um, <clears throat> so, I I was I was aware that there was a lot of controversy, but I wasn't aware that this was kind of the incident that kind of sparked that whole thing. Yeah. And I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, I, I was so excited about this one because I knew exactly what happened. Right. And I knew the significance of this slap. Yeah. Um, the other one is that uh, David Schultz, yeah, he was basically fired from the WWE. He was, he was fired from the WWF. Where he was working with Hogan at the time right. as well. He was, right. He, he, he thought of him, he was getting to that main event picture. Well, almost. yeah, Hogan brought him in yeah. to work with him at right. the time. So it was David Schultz and Hulk Hogan for right. the heavyweight champion because David Schultz was that very gritty guy where Hogan was like the American right. hero. Right. So, you know, he was a very good promo, right. a decent wrestler. Like, he was actually a good wrestler. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, he was just kind of blackballed. He kind of had a career, I think, in Japan for a while. Yeah, he was in Japan for a while, Um, but it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really as as right. much in the spot. He, he he didn't get as much from the experiences he wanted. Right. Um. Let's it, so with, the, with that context in mind, let's talk about the actual... Um, presentation of this episode of Dark Side of the Ring. It was it was pretty good. It was pretty well presented. I think they got all the characters that they needed. Yep. Um, this wasn't one of those ones where I mean, the only clip they had of Hogan speaking was he had already talked about it on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. Right. So they had a clip from the Steve Austin podcast. Because obviously, I I don't think that Hogan would be too privy to want to appear on Vice about this, um, but um, I mean, it really just depends. They, they, but they've gotten, but they've gotten, they've gotten all, they've gotten all the characters I think that they needed in they order got, to make they, this episode yep, work. I can't believe they got Stossel. That yeah, was weird. Yeah, that was the most surprising thing is they got Stossel. They got him to actually like appear and talk about appear this. and talk about it. You, um, they, I mean, yeah, that was one of those things where you weren't sure if they were actually going to get him. Right, um, David Schultz. They got obviously David Schultz, yep. who was very open and transparent about yep. the whole situation, what happened, which I appreciated, and it kind of gives me more credence to. Right. I think he he probably shouldn't have slapped him. Let's right. at least put it that way. But I think save like at least protecting the kayfabe portion of it. I think he was in the right. Um, well, you they, know, they got, they got uh, Mikey whatever field in there yeah. as well. They actually got him, which was big. Um, I think his reasoning to exposing the business that he did was justified, but I wouldn't have done it that way. No, I wouldn't have done it that way either. Cause I think people would have seen it at some point in time, right? Um, you know, whether whether that was the uh, whether that was the current call or um, you know just the internet now. Right. You know, that, that kind of exposes everything. Um, but it really does. It explores a topic that I'm very interested in because I firmly do believe that kayfabe is absolutely dead. Yep. <laughs> I do too. Um, but he, but basically what Mikey wanted, he wanted 401ks for the boys. Yep. He wanted comprehensive health insurance. Yep. Which I do believe they did. Deserve. They're oh, absolutely. Not... Still to this day. And we talked about it in our episode about Pro Wrestling Union. Right. Um, we did. And I think... He if... was very progressive for his time. And I actually oh, liked him. Yeah. 100%. Um, I think how he did it was not the right way to go it about it. It wasn't the right way to... I mean, it certainly drew the most attention at the time. It did. You know, he, he got... If it... I had the opportunity to do so, I probably would have done something. Yeah. 
I would have probably done more about an explanation instead of like a full blown anything. If my point was right, but to get to get health insurance and everything for the boys, that's what I what I would have exposed. It's like this is you would have gone to the eighties version of Dateline, right? (laughs) Well, if I got the opportunity, I would have, but I would have like sat done a set down interview and saying this is what's going on behind the scenes. I wouldn't have needed to expose the physical aspect of it i think that was unnecessary Eh, you know but you know that that obviously got all the people talking right um i think it changed people's perceptions definitely of the the sport in general and uh you know then vince comes out 10 years later and says we're not a we're not a sport we're sports entertainment it would have it would have happened anyway it would have happened at some point yes i think he probably would have accomplished more if he just did the sit down explanation of what the reasoning is i want the boys to have health care these guys are going into the ring and they're fighting they're well, no, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm aware, but if it's like, okay, I understand the whole thing about kayfabe, blah, 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 and at, at the time, he probably would have been more respectful about keeping it, right. but it's like, you could have said, these guys are fighting. Why aren't we getting covered with health insurance? WWF is not covering any of us, and if we're signed to an exclusive contract with a company, we're your employees. Nope, they were classified as independent. I know, they're, they're, they're the still... Law, the law would have said otherwise. He needed to expose the business. He wanted WWE to get on its knees. That's my point. You would have done the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I would, I... I would have exposed it entirely. I mean, of course, in this day and age, the internet the work for me right this day and age and also with um vince mcmahon coming out i think like literally like a year or two after the right. like original thing later yeah 10 years later stating that we're not classified as a sport anymore it's all k right it's like it could have happened it's like okay well then are your people sold 1099s why aren't they why can't they wrestle for fucking new japan right. now at that time they could have right that's true too and that's and that's the thing is that wwf at the time actually did have a working relationship with New Japan. They had working relationships with a lot of different yep. companies. Yep, Antonio Inoki was a WWE champion. Right. This was really early, right. like super early. I think they beat Bob Backlund for it. Right. Um, but yeah, so it was it was a good show. Um, what's next week's show? So next week's show is uh, Herb Abrams okay. and the UWF, which um, goes into uh, copywriting the names uh-huh. and also the significance of Herb Abrams and um, the structure of what he did for wrestling, and I'm very happy they're doing this. Yeah, um, so that is... Yeah. All right, so before we get into it, do you know anything about Herb Abrams or the UWF? I've heard of it, but that's... Better. Okay, keep yourself ignorant about it, because I think you would even enjoy it if you keep yourself ignorant about okay, it. Okay, I'll keep myself ignorant. Peter uh, Gallery's going to be ignorant like everybody else. Um, so yeah, that, and then we also have Money in the Bank. Yes, we do have Money in the Bank. I'm really pumped for this, too. I know. It's, it's going to be an interesting show. Oh, yeah. Well, um, thank you guys for listening. If yeah. you enjoyed it, uh, share it with your friends, follow us on all of our social medias, and become a patron, and watch the shows with us. It's like 50 bucks. You get it for the entire month. You don't have to pay every single time, and WWE is garbage, so might as well get drunk and bitch about it with us. So. Right. <laughs> and as always, be, be majestic. Thank you for listening to the Pro Wrestling Zone Podcast, a Majestic Production. If you enjoyed this program, 
feel free to follow us on all social media platforms links in the description section of wherever you're watching this we are on all channels we will be doing this once at least a week and we will let you know when we go live also if you want to support us further and get great exclusive content including watch parties merchandise signings and any and all future shows become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash majestic p that again is patreon.com forward slash majestic p thank you guys for watching enjoy the rest of your day evening or morning and as always be majestic <laughs>